Welcome to Booklandia, where we review romance novels. This and every episode are chock full of oversharing and spoilers. Every episode is rated E for explicit. How does T-Rex sex work? I, I proposition biting, lots of biting. Sure, but tiny arms, uh-huh. big tails. Uh-huh. How, how does one get up in there? I suspect the female does an all threes. So legs and nose, legs and snout uh, to the ground. <laughs> okay, yes. Head down, ass up, as the rap song says. Right, right. Very yeah. good. You, a rear-mounted situation. A rear-mounted situation. I just realized what we don't have. Or maybe like a reverse cowgirl. Yes. What a is rem- that? What do we have? <laughs> I cannot see that. You're wrong. <laughs> I guess where does his tail go? Yeah, what? So maybe it's a sideways. I mean, stitch. in a reverse cowgirl, he is on the bottom. Yeah, so it lays and she's flat. facing away. Yeah, I, I still think that. I mean, possible. This where is a T Rex <laughs> penis? <laughs> is it is it like in that um, CM Nacosta book where it's behind a, sh- a little flap? I think that is actually accurate. Interesting. They didn't just have him hanging out. Yeah, God. <laughs> when your penis is longer than your arms. Right. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> it's not the Napoleon complex. It's the T-Rex. It's the complex. T-Rex arms <laughs> complex. Yeah. Anywho, hi everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Booklandia. I'm Ford. And I'm Sky. And we're gonna talk to you about business or pleasure uh by Rachel Lynn Solomon. And but my brain was not ready. <laughs> so sorry. My brain wasn't ready previous to that. And it would not be an episode of our show if it wasn't fraught with technical difficulties be- right before the recording. Right. Or we were both uh, significantly underprepared yes, at all times. True. So hello and welcome to Always Significantly Underprepared. <laughs> With Ford and Sky. Yes. Let's begin at the begin, which oh, is excellent. Uh, a Cole Porter reference. But uh, so here's the cover of the book for Business or Pleasure. Yes. This book just came out. Like two days ago, it came out. Still hot. It's still hot off the off press. The press. Yeah, I do want to point out that there's no prepositional phrase at the beginning of the title of this book. Oh, it's just business or pleasure, pleasure yeah. as opposed to for, for business or pleasure. Uh, is for for is not a prepositional phrase. I could not help you with this linguistic I am issue. Not an English major. Okay, neither am I. Unlike our protagonist, that's true. Uh, so cover of the book, kind of a cute. I thought they were in a dressing room though, and not on oh. a bed. Oh, I thought they were like together in the dressing room, and all we saw were their feet? socked feet. Uh huh. This is where I take issue though. Okay, he makes fun of her for wearing socks all the time. Yeah, on the cover, they're both wearing socks. Yeah, he takes his socks off all the time. Like, yeah, he, there's a there's a whole thing about it. So uh, someone didn't read. Didn't want to render naked feet. Yeah. You can't draw feet. Someone <laughs> can't draw feet. Can't draw feet. Uh, goodbye. Um, perhaps. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where like this never happened because sure. he was always wearing socks. Now, if he was the never... socks did have the eye of Sauron on them. Would be adorable. Or like like Mountain of Mordor yeah. or something. So yes. That's the other thing. She's wearing socks, but they don't have a cute pattern on them. That's true. They're just yellow. Um, I feel like it's important to now mention the fact that we are, in fact, wearing socks. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, my God. I don't think I can do the same. <laughs> what if my... I lift your leg? Uh, no, you... I... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I have little bats and you have little Cheez-Its. I have Cheez-It socks. Amazing. Um, uh, Cheez-It, please come sponsor us. Oh, oh, yeah, that would be excellent. I would crunch through every episode. <laughs> I am known in certain circles for the orange food consumption. This would definitely fit the bill. It would. It would indeed. So Cheez-It. Come at us. Come at us, for sure. <laughs> I was very excited about Rachel Lynn Solomon releasing mm-hmm. another book. Yes. I had no uh, preconceived notions of this mm-hmm. book. I had no idea what it was about because I literally was like, oh, Rachel Lynn, Sol- Rachel Lynn Solomon is is releasing a book. Yeah. I will be reading that book. End Absolutely. Of yes. Uh, I am a little bit glad I didn't know what it was about. Sure. Okay. Would because- that have changed... No, no, but it was just like an added mm-hmm. bonus of adventure. Just going on the ride. Yes, it was great. Ride. It was great, and it was it was a good ride. Uh, yes, this I time. I was surprised that I picked it up so quickly because of how um, lightly singed 
I had felt from the previous two. Agreed. Same. And uh, immediately this book like swerves in yes. a way that was hilarious and lovely. So good. And I still like that. That first sex scene is burned into my memory yeah. as somebody's worst day. Do we want to tell the people what this book is about? It's probably a good idea. Okay. Okay. So uh, I guess I'm reading this because you wrote it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can do this. All right. It It's a... It's a doozy. It's an adventure. There's It's an adventure. There's I like so that. much punctuation. All right. Let's see if I can do this. Okay. Good luck. Uh, Chandler Cohen, Jewish ghostwriter, has stopped taking chances on her life after her career in journalism dries up and her longtime crush doesn't want anything serious. In a fit of spontaneity, Chandler goes home with a striking stranger and has the worst sex of her life. The next day, she sits down at a work lunch to get a new ghostwriting job and is across from her worst sex stranger, who turns out to be a nearly washed up actor from a paranormal teen TV show, Finnegan Walsh. Though she agrees to write his book, she also agrees to teach him how to be better at the sex. <laughs> and when the book is done, their sex arrangement will be too. That was terrible of me. <laughs> I wrote that. I read that terribly. I wrote that terribly. So mutual, <laughs> mutual worst sex, mutual worst blurb. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Mutual Wars blurb. Yes. Uh, it's a super cute premise. Yeah. That war sex scene, scene mm -hmm. is so good bad. Like, yes. it's hilariously bad. I just kept cringing and laughing and reading yeah. some more and cringing some more. Yes. Uh, and, like, it starts off so steamy and you're like, oh, this is going to be so great. But maybe this is a red herring. Maybe this is just the guy she sleeps with to, and the love interest is really her crush who denies her. Right. And, like... And I, I didn't know where it was going. And uh, for it to be the basis of the premise of this whole book, just the best. I By the time she gets a call to go to the lunch, I knew that her sex stranger was going to be yeah, the, yeah. the person. Yeah. I didn't know that they would like I thought it would be like awkward and mm -hmm. like, will they, won't they? And I didn't know it was going to be very sex forward. Yeah. And very open and honest and mm -hmm. so adult right? in and terms of like their conversations mm -hmm. uh, and their ability to communicate with each other. And the fact that he didn't have like fragile male e ego about not being good at the sex. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah, he got like yeah. most adorable moment is the first time she shows him where her clitoris is actually located. Yeah. And he just like. Face palms, <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, oh, oh, oh. and it's just the cutest yeah. that he's like, oh no, I yeah. have, I have never found this before, and it is now self-evident. <laughs> yes, uh, it was yes. adorable. It was very cute. They were a little sad that like a thirty-something-year-old man uh, just discovered the clitoris for the first time. Uh, uh, I bring it up later, but this speaks highly of the American sex education system. <laughs> If uh, if a man in his mid thirties just now discovered where the clit is, yeah, they never say it overtly, but I do wonder if this is a little bit of like nerds don't know what to do, like the the oh. nerds and not being like um, sexually promiscuous, like that whole stereotype. I see. Well, perhaps there's a little bit of that too, but arguably in nerdhood, you would learn. Right. You, you're a good learner. Right. Right. You you really can drill down, so to speak. I was going to say, you do, yeah, you do a lot of research, yeah. not necessarily physical research, but right. like if there was available information, you would do the research. And sure. I think the point is, is that there isn't openly available information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this book, does. she talks about in the end, the reference materials that she read. And one of them has been on my to-read list for a long time, which is the Emily Nagoski book. And I can't remember the title of it, but it has a pink zipper, uh, like an open pink zipper that looks like a vagina on the cover. Oh. Um, and it's about, like, sexuality and the sexual body and and studies. Like, it's it's supposed to be sort of the text. Mm. Um, and I re I've read another book by Emily Nagoski. So, um, I, like... Hell, hell yes on the nonfiction front like got it run don't yes. walk about it um yeah 
Yeah. Uh, okay. So my very first question has to do with the fact that, uh, so my question is, who would you cast? Right. Uh, in these roles? Because yeah. I yes. was very clear on what he looks like. Yes. And freckles, I, red hair. Exactly. Yes. And I was a lot less sure of mm-hmm. what she looks like. Mm-hmm. And I already peeked on who you cast as her. Yeah. And I have I have some comments. Okay, great. Okay, but please answer first. So great. That everybody so, else knows. Um so Chandler is blonde and Jewish, and they talk about ha- her having short hair. Um, and I think she talks about like having it all cut off. So I imagined my haircut or your haircut but blonde and cur- curly soft. And like, he talks about how soft it is. I don't know. He's always got his fingers in her hair. Um, so I had to research answers for this question. Cause I can't think of names off the top of my head. So I researched Jewish actresses. So my first one, this one's a little out of left center. Zoe Kravitz. The internet told me she is Jewish. Can I did one Google search. Okay. She is sort of the most left fe- out of left field because character is written as white or I perceived as white. Agree. But she's the right age. She, I think, has the sort of, she can do the sort of neurotic, laid back personality of Chandler. The other, uh, what's her name from Shameless? I don't know what her name is, but she played the oldest sister. Her. Great. It's going great. What's her name from Thor? Uh, it's Mew Mew. Yes. Cat? Cat? Her first name is Kat. Yes. Kat. I can't remember. She was also on Two Bro Girls. Yes. 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 That person. That person. Okay. I like her a lot. I think she can do the quirky kind ofness of Chandler. Um, and then like Mila Kunis, she's kind of the hot girl option. Almost too pretty, I think. Not quite the girl next door, but uh, the internet also told me she was Jewish. That could be wrong as well. I, I, I mean, she is. Oh, great. Excellent. Oh, yeah. You would know. <laughs> you have a thing for her. For her. That's not entirely inaccurate. Yes. yes, that is not entirely untrue. That is not what I was saying, but yes. I feel like if you were at a dimly lit restaurant sitting across from Mila Kunis, you two would just speak Russian to each other in like low, sultry voices all night long. And then there'd be kissing. I'm going to not still, answer. Still not untrue. <laughs> Can I believe the fifth on this? Yeah. Um, and then for Finn... Uh, was thinking about redheads and so i mean for it's always going to be um the the guy from outlander like sam hewen is my ultimate hottie and right. he happens to be a redhead yes he's a little too buff for this and yeah. i think a little maybe a little too old at this point because he's in his mid to late 30s whereas i feel like finn is early 30s yeah i think we at some point learned that he's 34 yeah from the like wikipedia entry sure oh yeah 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 that's at the right. very beginning so, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Sam Hewen do anything. Now, Sam Hewen is in a romantic comedy with Priyanka Chopra, and uh-huh. I had a hard time watching the trailer. I did not watch. Okay, so I won't watch him in anything because I also stopped watching Outlander. I just look at pictures of him. Oh, there you go. That's and, perfect. And Instagram. So here's here's my comment. Uh-huh. Out of your list of women, yeah. right, pre- like uh, yeah. I had an easier time placing the man the man of this than yeah. the woman. My biggest comment is is that she mentions more than once that she has stretch marks and that yeah. she's not like a really skinny yeah. woman. That's true. Um, and so I think Kat, what's her name to quote you? Yes. Is maybe the only one possibly who would fit the bill better uh, than the others just because sure. they're all like very Hollywood yes. skinny women. There, I mean, I have stretch marks and I'm a tiny human. Okay, fair. But, but he does talk, like, there is conversations about how, like, she has an ass and she has large boobs. Yes. And so, like, it it, do, it did feel like uh, Rachel and Solomon was writing for a, a larger bodied woman. Or, you know, a, a regular yeah. bodied woman. A non-stick. A not Hollywood stick. Right. Um, so, uh, in the one that came to mind for me was Lena Dunham. Sure. Because um, she sort of fits that. Mm-hmm. Blonde pixie ha- haircut, not mm-hmm. trying to be a Hollywood type. Yeah. Um, possibly Jewish. I don't know. I did not do research on Lena Dunham, but uh, but that was the kind of person I thought of. Yeah. Like someone who who is not a Hollywood type. And then I genuinely think that this is secretly about Seth Green. Yes. I cannot possibly go there. I can't. Like Seth Green is the least hot redhead i have ever considered like least hot so sorry seth (laughs) 
You're not my type. <laughs> and so I want to counter your nerdery with Domino Gleason. From? He played the bad guy in one of the newer Star Wars movies. Okay. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Sure. The reason I thought it was Seth Green is because this character was on a very popular... Uh-huh werewolf drama Uh that was years ago and still has a giant fandom Uh seth green was on a very popular he was in fact a werewolf (laughs) on a very popular supernatural drama that aired 15 years ago and is still very popular with its hardcore fans and if anyone said that there is a buffy reunion i would watch shit out of that sure sure it's just the characters never mentioned as being a very short, tiny human. Very short is the only thing that <laughs> yeah. is against Seth Green in this storyline. Yeah. Hard agree. I would like to also counter Seth Green with um, Eddie Redmayne. I mean, Eddie Redmayne at all times. Yes, please and thank you. Could do the nerd part in a second. Is like gorgeous to look at the freckles because she's obsessed with his freckles. Yes. His freckles are gorgeous. Yeah. So, but uh, the for me... His appearance was very clear. Yeah. Her appearance, yeah. I had to keep reminding myself of what she looks yeah. like. And it is told from her point of view. Right, so you so, want to be able to put yourself in those shoes. In right, so it kind of makes sense that we don't know as much about what she looks like, mm-hmm. but I didn't notice that about what was uh, yeah, clear and unclear. So the hardest thing for me about this book is when we first learn his actual name, because he gives her a fake name on their one night stand. Uh, and to learn that his name is Finnegan, but I had to stop and I had to look at my husband and I had to look down at the, and then I looked up at my husband, looked down at my book and I was like, babe. Yeah. Cause he was looking at his phone uh, and I go, the love interest's name in this book is Finnegan. He goes, oh yeah. And I go, except he doesn't bring the O like you do. <laughs> well, that's because you didn't get far enough into the book. That's true. But, but what I'm saying is that my Finnegan spells his name with an O. Uh, Miss Finnegan does not. It didn't occur to me at all, but then I'm not married to your husband, (laughs) so that works out. Goodness. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be weird. I mean, like, we talk about it and agree on it, but, like, it it was very strange to read someone's name. Like, no one's going to use my my name is too strange to be in a romance novel. Unless it's it's a geek situation. Very geek situation. I had such a hard time watching the Black Widow movie because her name was your name. Yes. And I was like, well, that's just so much. <laughs> and so, like, I guess it was just very strange. Uh, so that was hard for me. And then I was like, oh, I took, I did the, um, what I did with the True Blood TV show. And I'm like, this is similar but different right. than the original content in my life. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> so, definitely. So I separated them in my brain. Then my only other sort of criticism about this book is that the first three quarters of it are hot. Yes. It is maybe better than uh, Today, Tonight, Tomorrow. This might be her best book, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's different because this is an adult novel and the other one is a teen novel. And I think for teens, they're going to say T3 is better. And for adults, we're going to gravitate towards this. Yeah. It's really good. Yes. The it's it's like a, the slow build and all of the foreplay from the sex lessons, like just absolutely phenomenal. And then the last quarter, like, was just like, we got to wrap it up. It's almost like I heard her editor say, your book is too long. Yeah. But because there are so many, there's so much more that I wish I'd gotten. And I, and maybe that's a, an outcome from loving the book so much. I just wanted it to keep going. Right. But like, I wanted a scene where Chandler tells her no nonsense agent that, uh, she doesn't want to ghostwrite anymore and she wants to write cozy mysteries. Is that okay? Or like the scene where Finn meets her family. Like we don't yeah, get that we either. Don't that scene. And there's, just, and then like, it, she kind of just smushes like, Oh, uh, uh, happy ending, happy ending, happy ending. Goodbye. Yeah. And I, I wanted more of that, the com- the great conversations they have and that. Uh, yeah and so on sort of in in the same vein but on a on a slightly different note i want to bring up the the black moment of this book yeah which isn't black no it is gray at best it's the light like the leftmost gray on your excel spreadsheet yeah when you choose to fill it's like 
hinting lightly gray, <laughs> slightly gray. Yeah, um, it's wonderful because it's it's a very adult moment, mm-hmm. and I love reading those. Uh, Talia Hibbard is yes great at those. Uh, Chloe Lee is very good at those as well. And basically, she says, "I need to process this. I need some space." And he says take the time you need as opposed to like throwing a table or something. Right. Which is the, the, the adult response is take the time you need, like yeah. find yourself and your time and your needs. And then we'll come together mm-hmm. as two people who found their stuff. Yeah. Uh, lovely, wonderful adulting. Yeah. Did you feel, I, I felt like maybe that was where the rushing began because yes. all of a sudden she was better and wanting to get back with him. And I was like, ah, where I needed more of the internal, I needed a revelation. I never felt a revelation there. I mean, having said that, her only hang up about them being together was that he didn't date outside of Hollywood, which is just yeah. silly. Like, yeah. just ask him. Also, people can change. Mm-hmm. Just accept that right. as a fact. Right. And then her hang up about being with him is that she couldn't figure out the logistics. Right. Yeah. It wasn't that she didn't want to be with him. Mm-hmm. And they've already had the conversation about the fact that they are both committed to their relationship. Yeah. It's just that she couldn't understand the logistics of it. Yeah. And so to me, it wasn't I did think the end was rushed, but this particular bit of it wasn't because mm-hmm. it was like she's a fully grown adult who's realized that she's hung up on a minor logistical issue. Yeah. And that it can be solved when they have conversations well, about I, it. I think her internal struggle of not feeling like she could be su- a successful re- writer under her own name and like getting over that hurdle was another sort of step mm-hmm. in this in the lightly gray moment. Right. Um the gray sweatpants moment. Yes. <laughs> and and so that sort of resolves in their time apart. Yes. And then she kind of goes running back to him. Uh, basically for a book that is so great at the foreplay i feel like we were missing on the aftercare i i agree i agree that's a really good way of putting it i have to bring this up because because you just mentioned it Uh, sweatpants yes yeah so a lot of books do sexy forearms Mm -hmm. this book did sexy gray sweatpants yes and the only other book that comes to mind that does sexy gray sweatpants is christina lauren's uh, Josh and Hazel's oh, guide to, uh, not, guide to date. not dating. Yeah. He is in the gray sweatpants a lot, and there, like there's a lot about the sweatpants. Mm-hmm. This is so. This is the second occurrence yeah. of gray sweatpants as a sexiness factor. Amazing. Like, do I just need some gray sweatpants for my androgynous persona? Yes. Excellent. Yes. A low on the hips with the underwear showing. Great. I yes. mean, my underwear is like. Yeah, the high waist, yeah, high waist it. And so, yeah, yeah. all of that is great. a yes. Okay, great. Excellent. <laughs> now that we've dressed you in sexy sweatpants. I'm just wearing silky pajamas today. Yes. Excellent. So, uh, as I mentioned, there's a lot of foreplay in this book. And Rachel Lynn Solomon defines it as the teach me trope. So, because te- uh, Chandler is teaching Finn how to be better at sex. And that could be my new favorite trope could beat out best friends to lovers to me for me however i was thinking back into other books that could fall into this trope and maybe not because the only books i could really think of was rosie dannon's shameless series right roommate and the intimacy experiment exactly because those had sort of similar like teach me how to sex better so like what do you think about this trope I mean, it's fraught with pitfalls, but it's kind of a, a cute because we what I would have loved, like they talk about the outline a lot, mm-hmm. the outline of the lesson plans. And I needed to see the outline. Yeah. One of those like, interstitial. Yes, yeah. I would have loved that because if we're going to like lean hard into this is sort of an offshoot of like a teacher student. Trope, yeah. Except yeah. not creepy. Yeah. Uh, because they're both fully grown adults. Right. But like, it's definitely a hot for teacher situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go a little bit off script here is like, she did a really great job of making the ethics of it not a problem, even though the ethics of it could be a really big problem. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the there... fact that he's paying her to write, ghostwrite his book. And right. Yeah. That, that could have been really weird. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's it good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That wasn't weird. And I think the, openness that they both have about what's happening to them how they're feeling about it until the moment they like get all in their heads about their feelings yeah 
their uh their physical relationship is very much a thing that they talk about a lot mm-hmm. and that's lovely and it i think that as a reader i was like they're both very comfortable in this and i believe in it because it's been told to me and shown to me in yeah. the in the text i do however wonder again i'm bringing this up again how bad is the american sex education system it's terrible that this was a required activity for an adult it was terrible it, it's terrible can confirm i do love that in the book there is text about how we now know that the clitoris is not just the bundle of nerves right under the vulva but it it's all like it's all structured within the like pelvic area yeah and how we just learned that like a few years ago <laughs> And so, like, not only is the sexual education system garbage because it's state and, you know, um, school board board based, Mm -hmm. but it is also the the science of female sexuality has been largely ignored and in favor of male sexuality. And I will go back to it because it's my sign at every women's march is that female orgasms are more regulated than guns. Because you have never seen a billboard for a female sex toy mm-hmm. when you can see a hundred thousand billboards for ED meds. Oh yeah, I so recently I saw a TV ad and uh-huh. I had to scream at it very loudly. Uh huh. It was it was for an ED med uh-huh. that now comes in mints. So it's a tin of mints, and you can take a mint rather uh-huh. than a pill shaped like a pill. So not only are men's meds so much more developed than women's, yeah, but it is now also they're it, removing the stigma from taking it publicly. Yes, exactly, exactly. Whereas women are still in the land of having their bodies regulated uh-huh. by well, by the men taking yeah. the mints. Yes, so. Just so y'all know, if he's taking a mint, might not be a mint. Might not be a you mint. You should ask him if you can have one. Yes. See what the reaction. See what the reaction is. Again, not to shame anyone who right. has ED and is treating themselves for it. But well done, you y'all. are privileged. So privileged. And I was just like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah. Now the little blue pill is the little blue mint. Yeah. That was necessary. We we needed to spend money on this medically. Instead of developing, I don't know, male contraception yeah. that is as effective as female right. contraception. Like, come on now. I was so mad. I yelled at the TV so loud. Yeah. And it's the it's the worst. It's yes. truly the worst. It's absolutely. So I can tell you my early 90s school sex ed was very, I was going to say physical, and that's not, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. It was definitely very anatomically mm-hmm. forward and not actually sex positive forward like i remember very little about it and just really a lot of anatomical Mm. drawings i see so it's not sexy no nor like very abstinence forward yeah and like never rolled a condom on a banana oh okay so like i have an adorable story about that so i was very fortunate because I went to an arts high school. Sure. Not only was our sex ed very sex positive and talked about the female orgasm as well as the male orgasm, uh, but we also had a troop of actors and we went to all the other high schools in the district uh-huh. and delivered sex ed talks. And the idea there was that like it's a peer-to-peer conversation yeah. as opposed to an adult telling a teenager what to do with their body and so it was more relatable and when they saw other teenagers talking openly about their sexuality or their sexual experiences it Mm -hmm. it removed the stigma so i was in the minority of people who not only had good sex ed but also then like developed material about it and delivered it to others um and so the My funniest experience of that is one of our performers rolled a condom onto a banana Mm -hmm. and we went through the whole like pinch the tip, don't bite the foil, like that whole thing. And then someone goes, how do you take it off? Oh, and the actor looks at the banana and looks back at the audience member and looks at the banana and whacks it (laughs) on the table several times. And then he goes. By the time you roll it off, it's flaccid. So I don't know how to do it without this bit. <laughs> Softening the banana. Yes. So it's yeah, great. exactly. Oh, my God. And it was just, and I was like, uh, that's not exactly. 
But I mean, it's not not. Yeah. So, yeah. What's crazy is that I had a similar experience in working with a theater company that had a a sexual education performance that they toured to different high schools. And this was professional actors, adults. But the shit I learned from um, from working on that production, because the actors also had to be health educators. So um, part of the rehearsal prep is that each of them would take a topic, study the topic, and then do a presentation for everybody. Um, So it was always like updates on STDs. And like I learned, even though I went through this very anatomical sex ed class, your ovaries are the size of an almond. The fallopian tubes are a six inch uh, spaghetti string. Like they're only, they're that small. Like your anatomy is tiny. Yes, which is why when that whole anatomy grows a 14-pound baby, yeah. you should pray to that person. <laughs> yeah. You should worship them as the goddess that they are because... Their organs have rearranged. Completely. Yeah. And it is unclear how this magic is happening. Yeah. And like, I... Yeah. My babies were not 14 pounds, but I did the magic and I'm mm-hmm. still not sure how it happened. Yeah. And, I mean, I understand right. physiologically, but like my brain can wrap yeah. itself around the fact that my body did. That. Yeah. So there, there's information out there that you can learn and definitely trusted websites. I mean, Teen Vogue uh, has a video about the female hormonal system surrounding menstruation and the hormones, not just the menstruation hormones, but why you get pimples on their 10th. And like, it's a delightful video. So there's information out there. If you feel like you're not you personally, but you listener, viewer, <laughs> thank you. Um, you the viewer, please yeah. go uh, to Teenwog's Vogue's website. They are they're doing a lot of great work, and there's a lot of good information out there. But you have to make check your sources. Always check your sources. Yes. Well, you also the the thing that that I keep hearing is that you have to. Yeah. Isn't yes. um implied that this information is going to exist. Uh, particularly for those teens who live in stricter mm-hmm. spaces and they may not know a lot of this. One more thing before one more thing. Yeah. So two two separate things. <laughs> Great. Thing the first, there is an artist out there that is making necklaces in the shape of the actual cl- clitoris, like the entire clitoris. Whoa. Yeah. And I love it and I want one. And I then want people to ask me what the wishbone on my necklace is about. Yeah. Because it's not a wishbone. Yeah. But it kind of looks like one. Yeah. Uh, and then thing the second to bring us back to the book in terms of sex education, I feel like the reason why her abortion is brought up so many times mm-hmm. is to also normalize the existence and the presence of yeah. and the decision making for abortions. Right. Um, and I did think that it like it was a little on the nose because she kept being like, I don't think about it a lot, but let's talk about it several, several times. Okay. And I realized that I think Rachel and Solomon is putting it in there so that it is a commonplace topic. Yes. So that it is a thing that just happens right. as and, a medical procedure that it is. And the character she says, I don't tell everybody, just people I trust. And I think that normalizes that people don't have to talk about their abortions in order to be heard. And she talks about her abortion, what it was like, what her experience was, what this character's experience was. And that's phenomenal because the uh, I've had somebody talk to me or tell me that they've had an abortion, but they didn't tell me about their experience. So this is the first time I've really, I know how it works in general, or I know the, the different ways it could work. But this was really great to have sort of a narrative experience. And it, I, I stopped in the middle of that and uh, in that section because the character is talking about how her mom went with her and held her hand and was there for her in a supportive way. And I was like, I would absolutely be that person if they needed it. I, I could absolutely do that. And but I would also like, what do people want to do after their abortions? You go for ice cream? Do yeah. You- I imagine get yes. pancakes like I mean and how to make it not about like hey what do you want to do now you've just like kind of taking the lead and doing the right thing without having to ask I mean you then have terrible cramps so yeah. whatever you want to not you probably don't right. want to be in public yeah, like, let's get it to go yeah so here's here's a hot water bottle and yeah yeah fuzzy socks and right. and a tub of ice cream we're not wearing our fuzzy socks. I know we are not so neither one of us has undergone that procedure recently and yeah. do not require fuzzy socks I'll wear fuzzy socks 
for whatever reason. I mean, fair. I, I know I just re- regulated for these odds for only one purpose. I mean, look, let's talk about that. Would be some great coding, right? Like, if you're wearing fuzzy socks, yes. it means yes. Uh, please give me space and maybe a hot water bottle. Yeah, and some aftercare and some aftercare. That does not feel like a good place to take a break. Oh, no. like a place for a reset. Maybe it is a good place to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm ready. I I am ready. And I just want to say I don't like I don't know if the person who told me about their or abortion is listening, but that has been a really important moment for me in my life. And so. If you're a person who has experienced that and are comfortable talking about that, it could be a very important thing for other people to experience. Yeah, so, to, to hear and to like have yeah, it yeah. not be stigmatized. A- or, absolutely. Yeah. If you have the bravery, I would appreciate it. I love you. <laughs> on that, we are going to take a break on that. No, yes. that's a good note. Better. We're going to take an intermission. When we come back, we will discuss our favorite moments from the book and if this book made us want to get naked. I love that there was some, uh, some, some whispering. more, well, it was, yes, whispering and some, uh, some more technology. Yes. Mild fails. Is it a touch cleaner? Is it not? Is it the world we live in? I'm very sorry. I will, from here on out, only present you with touch screens. I'm not saying this is on you. I'm saying as a society, we could engineer better devices that, like, it's the push-pull door. Generally, you know, if it's a push or a pull based on the handle, I'm feeling like we could, I don't know, engineer something structurally to clue in the observer that it's a touchscreen. Anywho, we are back. We are back. And we're talking about push-pull doors. No, we're talking about Rachel Rachel Lynn Solomon's um, new book, Business or Pleasure. You did it without the prepositional phrase. I I used all my brain cells. (laughs) I saw you. edit you muted yourself and then you i said sure the did i sure did no. it's just it's it's not rachel and solomon it's it's me they sh- I, i'm the problem <laughs> uh, the problem is you yes as taylor swift exactly said. um what was the most your favorite part of this book or the most compelling part of this book for you the most adorable part of the book for me was when she tells him that he was terrible in bed yep and then he texts his exes uh-huh. to confirm. Yeah. And then he tells her that he texted his exes. Yeah. And that they all agree that yeah. he's just been really bad at this. And like the fact that he did the texting in the first place, though he admits that it might have been drunk texting. Uh huh. And the fact that he then tells her about it just endeared him to me so much. It was yeah. the cutest, yes. loveliest, like, yes, please, all all people should be this honest, mm-hmm. adorable, mm-hmm. just adorable. And the fact that, like, people were like, yeah, you really blew up this. And he was like, let's fix it. Versus, like, I, I realized that, that might have been a uh-huh. wrong, uh-huh. wrong phraseology uh-huh. phrase for this. I feel like, though, in uh, the kind of bad sex he had been performing, blowing on it, would have been the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. Yes, because he didn't know where he was blowing. No. Yes. And he would have blown too hard. And it was a whole some spittle, like but not in a sexy way. Yeah. Um, I have to say mine is is that part as well. Like they have this conversation by the river in one of these cities because they're traveling There's lots of river conversations. Look, you can say anything by a river. Apparently, the the river gods are listening though. Word. And so they make this deal and and when they're having this conversation, there's a lot of like energy between them and it's so well written and I'm like, "Oh, hello." And that like that was the beginning of the foreplay right. for me as the reader. It's like this is hot. Like the conversation was really clear and like no ego and just like all of it hands down i was like i'm here for this book and i will not be putting it down anytime soon (laughs) well there's an so yeah it starts with him asking her yeah what is her preferred way Mm -hmm. of orgasming Mm -hmm. versus all the other people in the world and there's a very similar moment in the new ally hazelwood yeah where he asks her the specific like he wants her to tell him Mm -hmm. the specifics yeah, and uh, very different results in what happens here and what happens different stories. Great. Uh, so highly rec- recommend the new Ally Hazelwood love theoretically uh, as well. Great. Um, for not the same reasons, but also very steamy. Sure. Another moment that gets honorable mention is when he has a cold. 
and he swings the door open and he has the comforter around him like we've all been there like it was a very cinematic moment like you can tell and and then like he gets drunk on dayquil like who gets drunk on dayquil firstly i mean some people clearly Uh not me dayquil is my jam yeah um, we call it casting armor in our house. Oh, even when you're starting to feel a tickle, you can cast armor. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, same in our household. Excellent. Yes. Uh, but I have like really like I can't do NyQuil because mm. then I will sleep for 24 hours. Like it's a wow. whole. So situation. you're sensitive to NyQuil, but not the dick. Yes, and it has to be specifically the brand. Yeah. Because if I like, I once did a Tylenol one mm. that looks similar but not the same, and I um ended up raking a plastic fork through someone like on someone's thigh and just being like the noise of the fork on the thigh was a and then i asked if the frogs on the wall were lickable like oh I went you places. got hot. you got drunk i got very on drunk tylenol. on the tylenol version the like dayquil brand i'm solid with but something about the other brands that mm-hmm. really loops me up mm-hmm. in a not great. Yeah, there's so many stories from my exes about caring for my hot mess person Amazing. while I'm high on cold meds. So please be careful with your cold meds. Yeah, uh, Sudafed turns me into a bitch, like a raging bitch. Okay. So, so I don't take the red pills. <laughs> Blue pills only. Blue pills only. It, it's, it's hard to pick just one like good moment. There were so many good moments in this. There are a lot of good moments. Yeah, there's a couple of discussion that I wish had more. I think mm-hmm. this is another moment of like, did we edit? Yeah. Did we um, need to cut down for page count or word count or something? Right. Like there's a the, very late in the book, there's a conversation that he has with her about punching down mm-hmm. and not punching down to to make his own success stand on its own merits as opposed to in comparison to someone else's failure. Yeah. Um, And there's like two sentences about it. Mm-hmm. And I love that conversation and I, I wanted more more in that world. Yeah, I wanted more resolution for that whole relationship. Yeah, that the the one of his co-stars from this uh teen fantasy TV show is an asshole and no one really stands up to him. No. And like I kept replaying a scene where she just says, I really would appreciate you stop making fun of my art and insulting me and insulting my friend Finn here. Like it, she could have just absolutely called him out. He maybe he wouldn't have changed, but she would have gotten yeah, the opportunity. They, yeah, to that that is a moment. Yeah. So when they do the reunion thing, mm-hmm. I thought that there would be something in that section. Yes, me too. And then it wasn't there, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just Finn saying, "I'm not." Who would you cast for that guy's role? Because I have one in my head. Uh huh. And and who uh, who is yours? It's Shia LaBeouf. Oh good. Because he talks about being in the next Indiana Jones movie. Oh, he talks yes. about like jumping out of a plane and kind yeah. of being, it's Shia LaBeouf oh, to me. Oh, it is. Because yeah, he, he did all of the, uh, he did the Transformers movie. Yeah. And then he did the Indiana Jones. You're absolutely right. It is, oh, but, oh, I'm not. No. I, I think better of Shia LaBeouf than this character for mm-hmm. sure. Like I, I'm one of those people who believes he is trying to be some, be a better person. Or, you know, just not be what society has labeled him as. I see. I, I have hope for Shia. Yay. Well, there's an, a song about it. I mean, that is one reason why. The <laughs> fact that he participated in that. I'm like, this guy has a sense of humor. This guy, there's a real human in there somewhere. Right. So, and like all of his performance art, like people are like, it's so pretentious. And I'm like, is it? Or is it actually saying something really deep in me? Right. Hot take on business or pleasure. Uh, absolutely, yes. The thing that this book made me think a lot about, mm-hmm. and I am a, a, in case it isn't self-evident, I'm a fairly open person mm-hmm. uh, in my communication, whether it has to do with everyday life or sexual encounters. And the thing that it made me think about is how many not great sexual experiences were in my life that could have been improved by me giving direction and not feeling comfortable enough in that situation or with Mm -hmm. that partner to like stop them Mm -hmm. in their terrible decision making and swerve it into (laughs) a better decision. Interesting. Right. Like how many times I didn't correct someone Mm -hmm. and the correction probably would have made the experience more enjoyable for both of us because we would have both benefited from clearer instructions 
Yeah. And like, how long does it take me with a partner to feel comfortable being like, these are the instructions to my vagina? Yeah. Um, please and thank you. Yeah. Like, here's the map. Find the road. Have a good day. <laughs> like, do I need to print a little a, a map quest? A map. Yeah, exactly. The a map, map quest. quest. With the okay, that would be adorable. I would be all in on yeah. someone handing me a, a little like diagram map situation, maybe a cathedral and uh, like, uh-huh. like it could be, it could be um, symbolic. Sure. Step three, blow on it a little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suck on it, but not for too long. Yeah. Right amount of pressure. The is... humming is a weird thing. Right <laughs> to it. Otherwise, hard pass. Right. Yes. And I think that is also part of what was really, uh, my hot take is hell yes as well. And that's what was really, I think, stimulating for me is because I am not one of those communicating people because I grew up repressed and I'm still unpacking all of that. And that was really, it was very liberating for me to read that in another character because that means there are people out there who do that thing. And I'm aware that people are out there and can talk about their things but you've not read yeah. it on the page right and then like there were some things that like she was i was like how oh, i would describe that too <laughs> i have words now oh that's so great. like it, it was it was really nice to read that and be aroused by that mm-hmm. like oh okay talking can be sexy yes not just sexy talk separate right sexy talk is a separate Yes. Talk, just having a, an honest and open conversation yeah. about your yeah. needs yeah. is absolutely sexy. But I think you, it's also you have to figure out what works for you. I mean, yes. You have to know those things in order to uh, be able to instruct somebody else. Yes. And I yeah. think in a society where uh, women are taught that they're not supposed to, that they're supposed to be virginal yeah. until their wedding day. Yeah. And uh, not self-pleasure. And, and there's, yeah, and there's no self-pleasure ever. And like, there's, there's all of uh-huh. these ridiculous, outdated, mm-hmm. unreal, not, not true rules that so many women still follow that it is really hard for some people to be like, this is what's pleasurable. This is what works. And then to also understand that over time that changes. Yeah. That things yes. that worked. 10 years ago are not things that are going to work today because we change, like our bodies change, Mm -hmm. our perception of ourselves changes, our understanding of the world at large changes. Mm -hmm. And all of that learned history is part of our sexual history as well. Yeah. I mean, I can confirm the things that were really stimulating for me in bed are not the same things anymore. And I've had to figure out, well, how, how would I communicate what works now? So this book has like led me to think about how to communicate what that how things have changed. Did this book make me want to get naked? Yes, but I also could not stop reading. Right. I had to finish the book. <laughs> and now that the that I finished the book yeah. and we've finished we're gonna finish recording this episode. You're gonna run. I oh. got I gotta do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're sleeping on an air mattress, so best of luck. No joke. No <laughs> joke. If you can imagine having sex on a balloon, you're there. I could have sex in a hot air balloon that would also be bumpy but not as squeaky mm. as what i imagine my life very chilly very chilly it's so many breezes across yes parts. the thing that i have never thought about before is that sleeping on an air mattress is cold yes the air gets cold in yes the air, inside the air mattress oh i didn't tell you the trick is to put a blanket layer yeah did yeah. not do that so and i have been freezing in fact this morning i was accused of the blanket mountain that i created <laughs> on top of myself yes because it's freezing yes. it's freezing yes I'm so sorry well pro tip put a blanket on it <laughs> put a blanket under it under it put a blanket under it not under the but between your sheet. between yourself and the sheet yeah. and the air mattress yeah excellent yeah, yeah. What was your, uh, uh, did this make you want to get naked? Yes, you're right. I mean, you're right. You've already answered that. Yes. You've already <laughs> said a balloon. Amazing. I don't know how to end this episode other than that. <laughs> well, we can talk about what we're reading oh, next. Great, yes. Or, you know, the fact that we're about to change our setup again. Yay! Yes. So, uh, season three has been a, a technological roller coaster. It was an experiment in seeing your face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. To getting you in your face and next to my face. Excellent. The the faces have been faced. Yep. And I feel like we finally dialed it in just in time for us to break it all down. Yeah. By the way, y'all, this might be our season finale. We didn't tell the people. I mean, or. Or. 
we we actually spend time with each other online. I mean, we're going to do that, too. Uh, yeah, I think we just, yeah. Are we going to keep going after you get set up in place number two? Uh, I guess for the listeners, stay tuned. But yeah. for the for the people in this room. Mid-season finale? This is, yeah, <laughs> just in my head, this is a mid-season, right. possibly Excellent. break. Yeah. If we don't get set back up right. in time for the next episode to release Excellent. on in the pattern. Uh, yes, I would like for this to be a mid-season hiatus. Excellent. Perhaps hiatus, perhaps just break. Uh, and not in... See you next summer. Yeah. Now I'm trying to abbreviate <laughs> see you next summer. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, stay cool. See you next summer. Just like in every high school yearbook. Ah, uh, see you see next fall. You and see you in us. Yes. Uh, but not right. Really great. What Such is reading that? <laughs> um, I think I'm doing the seven year slip by uh, Ashley Poston because yeah. I, I have it in my library queue. So I think that's where I'm headed. And after that, I think I'm going to do Fourth Wing because uh, the internet has told me that yeah. I should. I opened one um, like Instagram fanfic like drawing of one of the characters, and I was like, "Uh huh." Yes. Oh, okay. I'll need to uh-huh. see that. Uh, we'll see if I can find it again. But I was like, "Meow." Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> well, now sexy. now I'm very excited for it. So I think that's where I'm headed. Yeah. I think I'm doing seven, seven Year Slip and then Fourth Wing. And if they are good enough, I'm going to insist that we record episodes about them. Okay. Uh, I am swerving away from romance just briefly to read the next Martha Wells. I've started. I am slightly concerned that the length of this book is like a normal novel length and not a fantasy novel length. Right. No one told her that it needs to be 800 pages. It, it needs to be... <laughs> 500 at least min uh and i feel like it's clocking in in the 300s so i don't know what i'm going to do with myself but i've started it it's interesting i'm interested to see where it goes i'm going to be like when are they going to kiss i'm sure that's going to happen where's the kissing scene and then i'm not sure what i'm doing after that i've got a couple of books that i've been kicking the can down the road from the library so and i i'm trying to tackle more of this physical tbr stack back here very nice Well, on that note, happy mid-season break. Happy mid-season break. See you next summer. (laughs) (laughs) Never change. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Booklandia. For more Booklandia, follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at L.Skyford, Twitter at SkyfordL, and hit up our blog, lskyford.com. We love you to the moon and back, so don't forget to rate and subscribe. Our eternal thanks for the audio editing and support provided by Finnegan Murphy, who you can find on Twitter at Finnegan1, that's F-I-O-N-N-E-G-A-N, numeral one, and sometimes Sky herself. <laughs>